1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating, modern romance, modern (laughs) love, everything modern in these unprecedented times. As we dig into the whys of people's behavior and whys of your own behavior, Uh, COVID has I think just um, open up a can of worms for a lot of people in terms of like oh, yeah. know themselves. I, I think I've learned a lot about myself during this time, things that I, I thought I got over, you know, <laughs> like things that I had worked through in the past, but everything is sort of like surfacing again, which is interesting to me. But mental health is one of those those yeah. buzzwords that keeps popping up and it's, it's really prevalent right now.
0: Well, now that we're entering the second wave, right, I feel like there is even more time to devote to that. But I was actually looking at stats. And this is kind of crazy. But it said that depression since COVID has tripled in the US, like people that have kind of gone and seek help for depression. So that's just even people seeking it. Like I know a lot of people have been really struggling with the isolation. And now that things are shutting down again in California, probably other states will start to follow. It's it's crazy. Like I feel like I've just been talking to a lot of people recently that, you know, have been dealing with feeling this like loneliness, which feeds into depression. And yeah, like we're going to go into all the weeds today with our guest Tony that we're super excited to have on. But it's almost like depression is like a vicious cycle. Like I think about mm. this, especially with relationships. And Yue and I both talk about our own experiences, either, you know, like having bouts of depression, but also dating people that are depressed. And it's a really hard situation because it's like, I don't know, I think of it like a cycle. It's like, like the person that is experiencing depression, it's almost like sometimes you feel like a burden for like leaning on people when you're in that state. Right. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, when people like pull away, which is a common cause of depression, the people in the relationship have trouble. And it's almost like, mm-hmm. I think I read somewhere like one of, the main, one of the main reasons for depression outside of the pandemic, of course, is relationships. So like when your relationship isn't going according to plan, it can really send you into a spiral. So it's like a cycle I view and sometimes even people that are feeling depressed don't want to get into relationships or they pull away from relationships because of depression. So it definitely shows up in relationships for damn sure.
1: And it could absolutely tear down the relationship because as we've talked about our experience dating people who are dealing with depression is that you as as the partner – gets depressed Mm -hmm. because you feel helpless. You feel like you can't either for your partner or your partner is choosing not to show up for you, which is not the truth. But it's like when you're in that relationship and your emotions are tied to this person, it's really hard to separate the two. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm really glad that we're bringing up because we've talked about mental health and dating before. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we're specifically (laughs) talking about depression for this particular episode, because I think it will be relatable for so many of you out there.
0: Yeah, we talk about it too in this episode that there's very, there's different types of depression. Like there's more mm-hmm. seasonal depression, there's more clinical depression that really like, you know, has to do with just your own genetic makeup. But I think COVID is like, it's almost like a new slew of seasonal depression. And yeah, like I think a lot of it comes down to too, how you're managing it and what steps you're taking. So it's not to say that like people that are experienced depression are undateable by any means. I think all of us have bouts of depression depression in different ways. It's just how do we like manage it and kind of work to be the best version of ourselves with it.
1: And I really like that in this in this conversation with Tony is that we don't we don't talk about depression and mental health as a way, as an illness, because it's it's a part of who you are. And I think part mm-hmm. of it is cultural differences. Like I ta- I bring up sort of growing up in an Asian household where you think about depression as you're at fault. Well, right. you're depressed because you, made, you got yourself there. Well, that's not really the case. A lot of times no. it can be hereditary. It could be a totally. chemical imbalance. So I like that we don't place the blame. It's more about if you have feelings of depression, how do we navigate and right. how do we thrive in that yeah. environment? Because it is doable.
0: And we definitely recommend people to listen to the older episode that yeah. we had, because it was, I think it actually might've been our most popular episode or one. Of our top episodes is called Mental Health and Dating with Jonathan Fantram, who um, has a startup called Reflex. So we talked like a little more like high level, and he also did share his own stories and own challenges with anxiety and depression. But we did talk like more high level of how it shows up in dating and relationships. And of course, this was pre pandemic, so there's a little bit of a different twist. But I think a lot of that stuff is a good, this is a, a good compliment to this episode for sure. So go back to our back catalog if you haven't, or just re listen. Again, I might do the same. I think it's always helpful to hear these types of conversations.
1: Absolutely, because it helps you put language around what you're feeling. Sometimes you're just like, "Oh, what is this? It's not anxiety. It's not anger. It's Mm-mm. what is it?" And hearing other people's experiences has really opened up my my just my vocabulary about how yeah. I describe my own emotions and mental health so it's really fantastic to listen to these interviews even if you're kind of newer to this space you're like oh I this is the first time I'm starting to feeling like not myself mm-hmm. well this is the perfect way to open up that conversation with yourself about mm-hmm. what is happening in your mind
0: or if you have a partner that's going through this it's definitely good mm-hmm. I think it was really helpful to hear like I mean I've experienced experienced this with my ex. And I've obviously heard his experience, but it was good to hear Tony who is like totally yeah. removed, you know, because it's like the emotions of talking about it with a partner is different than just hearing someone else share their story. And I think there is like a lot to be learned from that. And yeah, I mean, I we haven't I was looking back at like what episode was it, it was season seven that we touched. Dang. Uh, so it's been a while. A lifetime so you, ago. <laughs> definitely go back and check that out. But I think we also do want to call up Front And we said this in our last episode, like if you really are, you know, in a place that you're feeling like really bad thoughts right now, there is like prevention hotline. So there's 1-800-273-TALK, which is a 24-hour crisis center. And you can obviously always call 911 if it's an emergency. So definitely hope you can learn from this episode. But if you are feeling like this is like a really bad state, like take those extra precautions.
1: And for everybody else who may not be experienced experiencing this right now, reach out to your friends. I think this is the time, reach out to your family, reach out to your network. Um, I've talked about this before, but around this, well, I guess a little bit before this month of last year, I lost my Mm -hmm. uh, college roommate to suicide and she had been battling depression. And I lived with her for almost four years and I never saw any signs of it. And I keep like replaying our years together. And I'm like, how did I not see this? And I've had long conversations with her sisters about it and they they were like we didn't we didn't really see it either. I she know. just came off so um jovial and just so like supportive all the time and I had no idea she was battling these internal demons. So to me I I regret not reaching out to her more, especially in moments where I felt like, oh, everything should be fine, right? Like right. everything seems like fine. She posts on Facebook, she posts on Instagram, she seems fine. You just never know what someone's going through. So right. even just one text one phone call could save someone's life, believe it or not. A
0: hundred percent agree on that. And I think that is the part that's hard is like you think of someone that's depressed as being like sad and gloomy. And that really isn't like, I mean, they might be experiencing that in private, but a lot of times the external, like a lot of comedians have depression and that's like a very Mm -hmm. common thing because... Yeah, a lot of people that are super jovial, like especially very extroverted, like sometimes when you're feeling like the need to be around people all the time, it is covering some of the inner stuff. And I think that's why this pandemic has been really challenging for people because that's almost been like stripped from them. So it's like facing those demons like head on. So I think sometimes it isn't the obvious people. And I think also it's not always people that are like single or lonely, like people can be lonely no matter their relationship status. So I think that's also important to remember that just because on Facebook, it looks like they have it all. It definitely <sighs> totally. does not mean that.
1: And it shows up in different ways. It doesn't show up in the kind of overly character, character characterized way <laughs> of someone not being able to get out of bed and say, no. oh, I'm depressed. It could show up in your work life. It could show up in over posting on mm-hmm. Facebook sometimes. It could show up in the way you, you talk and you, you don't even realize it. I think it also shows up in, uh, this is related to our episode last week is your your own body image yeah. views oh, of yourself for sure and you don't even realize it
0: some of the times i felt the most down have been because i don't feel good like mm-hmm. body wise and it 100 percent correlates or like we heard from aaron last week so if you haven't listened to that episode definitely check it out it was i think one of our mo- i mean I, I feel like i'm
1: always saying this is the yeah, most I-
0: popular <laughs> episode but
1: this you're truly- like, it's like every episode of okay, yeah. every <laughs> season of the bachelor they're like this is the most dramatic <laughs> season this is Julie with dateable this is the most exciting it really episode.
0: is but this actually truly was our most listened to episode and some of it did come because of the time to- I mean some of it was the topic and then some of it was the timing of it being after we were featured on new and new new and noteworthy and like I'm at the top of the pinching. charts I'm still pinching I know we're myself We're still up there we're not like at the top because they've added new people but we are still on that list right now which is amazing so again shout out to all the new people I've seen a ton of new people come into the Facebook oh group that have said they've found us in the last week. So we are so happy you're here. We're happy you're taking that next step and coming along. A lot of people have said they've just been going through and binging all the episodes. So we'd love to Woo! hear that. Yes. Yeah. And also, Dive like, right in. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I think uh, back to th- last week's episode, I mean, that like some of the stuff that was said to Aaron, it's like that. Oh, like, my though, gosh. You know, like even if you don't have like bouts of depression,
1: how can that not make you feel bad and depressed? Like it's it's just so crazy, but it's so crazy. And that's why that's what inspired our Would You Rather for last week. The question was, if you are given a pair of magical contact lenses <laughs> <laughs> that can make you see bodies differently, would you rather? that the contact lenses make you see yourself, your own body as perfect all the time or see other people's bodies as perfect all the time.
0: This is why UA is on the Would You Rather. <laughs> I feel like you have like the best like, like, you know, creative, like magic contact lenses. <laughs> I just love it. I would never even think of that. In I love a it. virtual world. <laughs> this, is how we, this is how we
1: pair well together. But exactly, yeah, yes. There is some... I, smoke too, I smoke too much <laughs> weed. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm high all the time. I'm, I'm if
0: super UA, <laughs> If UA puts the would you rather up a day late, it's because she needs to smoke first.
1: Yeah, this is why it was a day late. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, it's Thursday. Oops.
0: <laughs> it's like your weekly excuse. <laughs> But it was it was so interesting seeing some of the comments on the Facebook post, because we've been putting these up on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, on Instagram, you can always DM us like some of your Mm -hmm. comments, too. But on Facebook, I just feel like there were so many people that were like, neither. Nothing is perfect. And I I totally get what you're saying with this. It's a would you rather we're not saying like, it's more of your perception of being perfect. And I think some people clarify that well. It's like, I think Erin actually herself, she's been an active member of the group, which has been great, along with Tony who's our uh, guest this Guess week. Guest for this week, but, yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> how we source
1: our guests now, just from our Facebook group. Exactly, exactly. Perfect.
0: <laughs> but uh, she made a comment like, it's all about looking at like the wrinkles or the scars and seeing them as perfect. And for that reason, I would go with myself because I actually think we're a lot harder on ourselves than we are with others. Mm-hmm. I very rarely find myself judging other people's bodies. Like for the mm. most part, I'm always like, oh, like they look great. I wish I would looked like them. It's more of like, I wish I would be like that, opposed to like, mm. ew, what is, you know, like up with that? I don't feel like those thoughts don't really run through my mind that much. So um, I would definitely choose myself because I think I'm a lot harder on myself than probably other people even view me, you know?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. And I think, whoa, do you see my lipstick going into my microphone? <laughs> my virtual <laughs> lipstick is now on my microphone. This is what happens when you wear virtual makeup. Oh, totally stay away from my microphone. The- the magical lenses that I have. I I think, you know, the the thing is, and some people have mentioned this too, and some of the men have mentioned in our Facebook group, I already see other people as perfect and I'm hardest on myself. So Mm -hmm. I would definitely choose that. And other people have been like, I could really use that boost of confidence. So if I can Mm. see myself as Perfect body in my eyes, then that will give me the boost. And then um, some others have been like, if I see other people as more perfect, then I can f- focus more on like the feelings mm-hmm. as opposed to like the physical, uh, I guess, shortcomings. And I think that's where I am too, because I've mentioned already. I I also work in the fitness industry. I'm constantly looking at people's bodies, and sometimes it's hard for me to. Get past their physical body to get to like what is this person really like and do you know what what are their key characteristics? I I fail to see that right away because I'm constantly looking at bodies as for my job. So if I can get to a point, I would suck at my job. Um, I would get get fired. But if I can get to a point where I can see past the physical bodies, and I think it would be less of a distraction for me. So I would choose the other.
0: Or maybe you would get promoted because there'd be more diversity in bodies.
1: There you go. There you go. It'd be like, everybody, everybody's perfect. Uh, But you are more in the majority with what people said. 80% of people chose to see their own bodies as perfect Mm. versus where I am in the 20% of people choosing to see other bodies as perfect. Either way, I think it's, The key here is the perception of perfection. It's not that these bodies are perfect, is that all of a sudden you're like, yes, this is what a perfect body is in in my own my own world.
0: I feel like there were so many great tips. Like Erin shared obviously a bunch in the episode, but she even made like a comment like about like in the episode she talked about this of like recognizing your so-called faults, you know, and like being like this wrinkle is beautiful. It has made me wise. Like what is like the different things that you can point out? And one of our other Facebook members, uh, Shieldy made a comment about like, when she gets home, there's like a tactic she uses that she like takes off like her jacket or, you know, like gets ready for the night and like removes basically anytime she's removing something, it's like removing all the negative thoughts of that day. And I love that so much. So it's like, how do we keep training ourselves to see this stuff, the imperfections as perfect.
1: Ooh, that's a really great ritual. Talk about ceremonious, like go home and just remove all the negativity with each piece of clothing. I mean, speaking of other
0: great rituals, we had our first installment last night of the sounding board Mm. where people, you know, we did our first monthly challenge. So we have another audio series that's part of the sounding board available for all members, whatever level you join at. And it's been great. We talked about limiting beliefs last month and now this month it's all about dealing with ambiguity, which Ugh. I think everyone can relate to right now, again, uncertainty. Yes. <laughs> with COVID times. But even before COVID, I feel like there's so much uncertainty in like dating and relationships. And it's all about how do you manage that? So we had a discussion group for anyone that wanted to, and if you're always welcome to just do this yourself, you don't have to talk it out. Mm-hmm. But people really loved it. And they said there were just so many interesting revelations and hearing people's limiting beliefs. Like I got some feedback that was really great hearing men and women and share them because a lot of times like we think we're alone in how we feel and then also hearing someone else it's kind of like the body thing it's appreciating where they're coming from and then having that compassion next time like you're with other people on dates like you're like no someone actually might feel like this is holding them back so Mm. if you're not in the sounding board already definitely get in there this is another call out and um, there was a little confusion just for some new people coming in so just to clarify we have a Facebook group Love in the Time of Corona that is yes. a free Facebook group. We do ask that you fill in the information though, because we do want to still make sure it's filled with dateable listeners and friends and not just like randoms off the internet. So there's that. But then there's the sounding board, which is basically going to bring things to the next level, which is our paid membership site. And we do have a Facebook group for that too, to do the happy hours and podcast discussion groups and now monthly challenge discussion groups. And we also have the other features we've talked about with sounding board, depending on your tier either, you know, our monthly dateable after show events, which we have a great one in store this month with Logan Yuri, another favorite so past good. guest, if I might say it one more time. <laughs> Most dramatic season ever. I'm just going to do that every time you say that. Yes. And also we have a coffee date coffee date with UA and I. So definitely check out datablepodcast.com slash sounding board. If you want more details, we'd love to have you as a member.
1: The whole point is to know that you're not in this alone. You don't have to navigate through this alone. None of us need to be alone in any of this. And that's why we created the sounding board is to not feel alone. Even though you can do these exercises and watch the events by yourself and not interact, that's totally up to you. We don't force any sort of interaction. But isn't it nice to Hear that other people are going through similar things. I mean, it's just there's something really nice. Like, it's not Misery (laughs) Loves Company, it's more just like people love company in their thoughts yeah so that's, that's totally all it
0: is. And speaking of tony who are our guest today him and a few of our other members have ordered their dateable merch oh, yes. and we will soon have them as instagram models if they choose to we had one other member chris say that he was getting photos done by i think his sister so <laughs> but they both the two of them at least both ordered the socially distant yet emotionally available uh sweatshirts or t-shirts and i was like you guys gotta put that in your dating profile and let's to. see what responses we get so if you haven't got a merch yet it's d- uh, datablepodcast.com slash shop and if you're a sounding board member there's extra discounts for you too
1: oh man i would love to do an ab test of <laughs> them wearing the shirt in their profile photos and then not wearing the shirt and see how many more swipes they get right oh
0: i'm totally doing that when i get my quarantine from fuck boys shirt
1: oh it, you have to <laughs> that has to be every profile photo you have <laughs> it just has to. <laughs> I can't wait to get my stay dateable fanny pack. Ex- except it sell out. It's sold out we sold out of a lot of stuff, but um, eventually when it comes back in stock, can't wait for that. So we've hyped up Tony enough where we want to get to his interview um, or his discussion. I hate saying interview. It's like he's not interviewing for a job. But before we do so, I want to take a moment for a sponsor, BetterHelp. And this is a perfect episode to bring up BetterHelp as well. It's time to take hold of your mental health. In these crazy times, some of us are experiencing feelings we haven't experienced before. Like for me, for example, it's, feeling of, of not being in control, helplessness and anxiety, so much anxiety. So working on your mental health is extremely important. And that's why we love working with our wonderful sponsor, BetterHelp, to ensure that we're not alone in this. They offer online counseling with professional, credible, and compassionate therapists in a safe and private environment. Their counselors specialize in depression, relationships, trauma, and many other areas with 3000 us licensed professionals across all 50 States they make it easier than ever to find help. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp, I love this, that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And now for datable listeners only, you get 10% off your first month with the code datable. Get started today by going to betterhelp.com slash and join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, go to betterhelp.com slash and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E for 10% off your first month. Now let's get to dating with depression with Tony. This is a pretty serious topic, but I think it's also important to talk about in a way that isn't so like, oh my gosh, this is so serious because I think it, it should be normalized in mainstream. So we're talking about dating and mental health and depression. That's what it is. And our guest today, his name is Tony, 31 years old, currently in New York City, moved there from San Diego in 2013. He's currently hooking up and having fun, single, and actively going on dates. (laughs) Sam. He's doing it all. Also, Tony's from our Facebook group. Yeah, can we say that? (laughs) Can we reveal that? This topic, though we've talked about mental health before, but this episode specifically, we want to talk about t- depression. And we do want to clarify, depression is like this overarching term used for so many things. And I also think in the last couple decades, we've made it almost, we've made it not such a big deal anymore that people just freely say, oh, I'm mm-hmm. just feeling a little depressed today. And for people who are who actually have depression, right. it it takes away from their experience. So, um, thank you, Julie, for for pulling up some definitions of depression and what it could be. There are many different kinds of depression. One of them could be situational or seasonal depression, and this is purely due to circumstances. Uh, you could have major depression, which is some what we call clinical depression. So you've been diagnosed by a doctor, a professional, and it's usually due to a chemical imbalance in the brain. And then there's bipolar depression. There's also postpartum depression. There's manic depression. There are many other extreme levels of depression as well. But the point is, no matter what type or what um, level of depression you have, we need to find ways to learn more about it and also to find more empathy for people who mm-hmm. have, you know, depression that they're living with. So, Tony, thank you for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey and where you fall on this spectrum of depression?
2: Um, it's interesting because I just feel, I, I guess it's, it's always tricky, right? Because I think everyone has their own perspective of depression or like how it came about. Like I'll talk to some friends who have depression and we'll have different point of views. How do we cope with it? How do we deal with it? Have different triggers and et cetera. But I think for me, I'd probably like usually always land towards the like seasonal area. And like sometimes I feel like that's where I I get hit the most. It's Mm. like, during the summer and winter. Um, and I feel like if there are like other times in between then, my triggers are sometimes always like perfectionism or work being really stressful and my need to like always do more or
1: mm-hmm.
2: do better. Or So I feel like it usually depends. I And I've also like looked up like some definitions of depression, like when I was first trying to self-diagnose before I started going to therapy and mm-hmm. I remember like some things where like if you have like these symptoms for like about two weeks that's where it like ends mm-hmm. up and I'm like right. I've never had two weeks of depression but I've had like 10 days. And right, it's
0: like a thin so, line. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: so it's like I I didn't hit this two week minimum I'm trying, no, I'm, I'm joking, I'm trying <laughs> 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 but yeah there's just always points where they will last like a week or so but I've never hit like a two week area. So that's, I think that that's always like made me always not question it, but just know that it comes in different waves.
0: Yeah, that definitely was something that was in those definitions of like having the two week, but I totally see what you're saying. It's like a little subjective. Like what is 10 days over 14 days? Like, is it really (laughs) that different?
2: But
1: what does depression feel like for you? Describe it
2: um so i always and i've seen like different definitions of it but the one that i always enjoyed the most was sort of just having like a cloudy feeling Mm. so there's you know there will be days where you know things that usually would make me happy don't (laughs) um there were like always times where before quarantine started that i would still like find ways to go to the gym and swim but I got no enjoyment out of it. I just did it because I woke up early and felt like it felt like a chore Mm -hmm. those days. Or, you know, I would sometimes, you know, isolate more than I have to now Mm because of quarantine. So and that's that was like the interesting thing that I was talking with a friend of mine was like, oh, it's so weird, you know we have now we're forced to isolate. So now I feel like I'm in depression 24 seven, because I would always in days that I was depressed, I would want to stay home or not hang out with friends or I don't know. So that's where I felt like that's how mine felt. Like I would like push people away or not want to be as engaging as I usually am. I usually like want to like text people and see how they're doing. But when I'm depressed, it's like, (laughs) I just want to be left alone.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've definitely dealt with like situational, like after a bad breakup, I was definitely faced Mm -hmm. depression, but I dated someone that that was more on the clinical depression side. So I saw like kind of firsthand some of the stuff you just mentioned, like the isolation, like not wanting to return to phone calls and texts when you're kind of in that state. Like how has it shown up for dating for you? Because I know being on like the receiving side of that, it was definitely like there was challenges. And it was like one of those things that you want to obviously understand where the other person is coming from and all that. But it is hard to feel like kind of pushed away when someone isolates and all that what are your thoughts?
2: That's yeah. always tricky because I felt like honestly in my 20s I didn't really deal with my depression well. I probably never really mentioned it to anyone and it was like once I turned 30 and I, I was like, you know what I'm going to make a change <laughs> and, <laughs> and I and that's when I started going to therapy and there were just times where ever since I started dating, afterwards, not saying like I would bring it up right away, but I remember I think I went on a second or third date with someone and it just sort of came up in the conversation. I wasn't doing it to self-sabotage, but I felt like it was important for, and also I probably had gone to therapy that week. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to bring this up. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just really interesting because when I was talking to her about that, I didn't get the response I was expecting. It was, she was Mm -hmm. more like, Oh, well, tell me more. Like, Oh, okay, cool. But I think it was like fair, because then I learned later on while we continued dating, where she told me that her ex was going through depression, but he wasn't really working through it. So I think the reason she wanted to know more about it was to understand, what are you doing to work on that instead of just kind of like hoping that I wasn't going to turn her into my therapist or something like, yes, I go to therapy, I find different ways of going, like, I understand sometimes when I'm in the middle of depression, I can't always fix it. But it's sort of like, how do I make sure this doesn't affect everyone else around me negatively?
1: I think that is a really good point to bring up is that when you are in your bouts of depression, it's like something has taken over you and you feel like not like yourself and you feel like there's no rhyme or reason to why you're feeling down. And that's something I think is... What's great about depression, if I've never said that in a (laughs) sentence before, but what is great about depression is that the face of depression has changed throughout the years. It used to be you would think the person who's depressed is like the loner, you know, who's crying and who's all goth and who's like, oh, I hate my life. But now the face of depression is like happy-go-lucky people every day that you would normally say, I would never think this person would be depressed. Like... Talking to you, Tony, I would have never said, oh, I bet Tony definitely is depressed sometimes, you know, but it just shows that so many people have experiences with depression and it, they come in all different shapes and sizes and all different looks and totally. all different moods.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of like I know this has gotten kind of flack of maybe not the best portrayal, but I'm thinking of like Anne Hathaway's episode. Me too. On I always think about love. that one. And I yes. mean, I definitely because I again like I was with someone that was dealing with depression, so I did see some of those similarities there. But in that episode, I'm not sure. If, have you seen Modern Love, Tony?
2: No, I haven't. But I've heard good things about it.
0: (laughs) This episode in particular. Yeah. I mean, this one, like, she basically is dealing with bipolar depression. And she meets this Mm. guy in a grocery store. And everything is on top of the world. And they set up a date and all that. And then she falls into one of these funks and Mm. basically has to, like, cancel on him last minute. And to him, he has no idea what's going on because they just met. And I guess like my question for you is like, have has that ever happened before? Like you're, you know, ready to go meet someone or go on a date, and then you're just like, I I can't do this.
2: Um, yes, that definitely has happened before. I and I don't know, I've, and I feel like that's always the tricky part, right? Because and I've, I think I've had this conversation before. is that you can't really prepare for when depression's gonna hit, mm-hmm. like, right? Like it's not like it's like it's not like all right, cool. Well, you know, it's you know, it's October 15th, that's that time. It's like, no, it comes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It comes in, like, the prob- sometimes the worst possible time. And, yeah, I I don't know. I, it's just that has happened and I have canceled, but I've given, like, the, you know, like, something came up or, sorry, I, I, you know, depending on when it happens, I try to not do it the day of. Like, luckily, that's never happened on the day of, but it, it's, it has happened, like, some days before. So, I've definitely cancel just because I know I'm not going to be my entire true self or at least I won't have my best representative there
1: (laughs) and do you tell your date if that does happen
2: Mm, no I, I feel like if I've if I've if I've seen them at least more than once or twice I feel like that'd be fine but if it's someone I've never met before it'd be a little bit tricky to just throw that out there
0: I was gonna ask you that because like my ex like told he shared it with me like on maybe like our third date about like Mm. just what he was dealing with but I didn't understand the magnitude of it then so like back then I do think I actually can recall a couple times where he kind of canceled last minute and he didn't say that it was due to depression and at Mm. that time I was kind of like oh my god does this person not like me anymore like all the stuff is running through my mind and then as we went into our relationship and I knew more he was more like this is what's going on it has nothing to do with you and kind of assured But like, what are your thoughts of like, how to manage that? Because I totally get not like telling everyone, like every last detail about yourself on like date one or two, or even before date one.
2: I I guess it like depends, right? Because I feel like if that person is going through it, I guess it's kind of hard not to talk about it. I guess you can just say, like, oh, you know, hey, I'm going through something that way you're not like, fully saying it's depression, because I feel like that can be really scary to anyone if, mm-hmm. you know, you just tell them early on. Because like 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 we mentioned before, like there's different definitions of depression. Right. So you can say you have depression, but it's like, oh, what kind? Um, so yeah, I think probably if that person isn't ready to say, hey, you know, I'm going through depression, sorry. I, I, I can contact you once I feel better. I, I don't know. That's the tricky part about that. But I think being able to just say, I'm going through something and I'm not in the right state of mind at the moment, but I would still like to like meet up afterwards. So I think that's sort of like a probably better approach because like I said, it's kind of like tricky to just say I'm depressed early on. No, but it
0: is for sure. It's
2: I, I think that's the safer route. But like I said, I think it depends because if it's someone who's never had like, and that was the thing with me beforehand, like before going to therapy, I never really knew how to talk about depression. I felt like if I had to say that at some point, I think I'd be a little bit more comfortable because I've had the experience of talking with a therapist for two years or almost right. two years and have been able to better verbalize my depression. So I think that also plays a factor too. If, that per- if someone hasn't really had to verbalize their depression and what that's like and how to go through it, then sure, they're not going to be able to t- tell someone that they barely know about depression
0: mm-hmm. and i think there's nothing wrong with saying you're not feeling well or something i mean technically that is what is happening yeah, right exactly. and i think like i even do recall like my ex doing that at the beginning but i think what he did was he followed up you know and like made that next mm-hmm. plan or it was like when he canceled he was like let's uh, we're, we're gonna reschedule or something that like assured that it wasn't like a ditch you know so i think that's mm-hmm. the thing is like we always say on this podcast is you really have no idea what the other person is going through so So like sometimes when you like, I think in dating, we tend to think all about ourselves. So a lot of times, like we assume like, oh, this person doesn't like me or they don't want to be with me when in like reality, it has zero to do with me or whoever it is on the receiving end. But I think like what you said about um, like as it progresses, like have you had any situations where you've been dating someone for a bit that you've talked about it openly outside of that one person you mentioned
2: um not entirely and not as detailed and i think that's just because we dated for like four or five months at that point i it was a little bit i felt more comfortable but it's also because she asked more questions about it like during that time frame i probably only experienced depression once but it was for a short period of time and i didn't really get into it because we didn't actually she was on vacation so oh. i wasn't i was in the press because she was on vacation <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks for clarifying that <laughs> no, i was
2: know, know. <laughs> like that was just perfect timing no uh, um, so yeah um besides that like since i've been able to ver- verbalize depression it made it easier to have that conversation with her and like previously or any previous instances I always joke around that, like, my 20s, I was really good at deflecting my emotions. So it's sort of like now I've sort of like gone to the point now where I don't mind talking about it. But yeah, I think like beforehand, I definitely did not have that, did not have those conversations.
0: Well, you said something interesting that she didn't have the reaction you were expecting. What was the reaction that you were expecting?
2: Well, so that comes with like stigma of mental health. Like you just always assume someone's just going to go straight to the negative and be like, ew, what? <laughs> I don't know. That's probably not the exact reaction, but like, I don't know. And, and, and it's just because I remember the first time I spoke to a friend about depression or not the first time, but like the first time I spoke to him about depression, it was really difficult because I don't know, it was just sort of one he couldn't fully understand, which is fair, for if someone's never been through depression. But then I think he started like feeling bad and sort of like, oh, that's not what I wanted. I just wanted to have an honest conversation. And now it just feels like, not like a pity party, but then it was like, he was more concerned about, oh, what could I have done better? It's like, nothing, because you didn't know. That's why (laughs) you you couldn't have done anything because you didn't know about it. And that's just because that's just how, I handled that. So I don't know. And I think that's always like the tricky part. Like when it comes to stigma, it's easy to always assume someone's going to look at your experiences, your experiences negatively instead of with like curiosity.
1: Well, that's the problem. I think culturally too, this plays into what I've experienced growing up in an Asian household is that you treat depression like it's a contagious disease. And you hear about someone having depression, they're like, you're just like, that doesn't exist. And if it does exist, stay away from them because you might catch it. And I think that's just culturally how Asians deal with mental health. And that's why so many Asians have mental health problems because we've just never dealt with it. I'm curious to hear what you're obviously a man of color. I see mm-hmm. that, but people listening to this don't know. <laughs> uh, so I can point that out. <laughs> Was there anything culturally too, that made it challenging to manage um, depression?
2: Um, yeah. Uh, where to begin? (laughs) Um, (laughs) no, and and, and I won't say that as, like, a man of color. I think I just start off with the first part, which is, like, being a man in general. Because Mm, in mm, cultures of, like, especially, like, either Latino or Black backgrounds, you sort of don't talk about your emotions. Mm -hmm. I didn't really learn how to verbalize my emotions because, honestly, my dad never spoke about his feelings or anything. So... And then like going to high school or junior high school and people would always sort of like, not say like talk negatively, but it's sort of like you weren't allowed to talk about your emotions Mm -hmm. or like how you felt about things. Like you couldn't, it comes across as like a form of weakness in a way. So yeah, growing up, it was really difficult to want to talk about things like that. And it was really difficult in my early twenties. It did help that I went to college with a friend who he majored in psychology um, so he told me that our school had like um, free therapy for students so it sort of did help that that was an option. Um, but yeah no I yeah I don't think society has made it easy for me to talk about my feelings at all but it like I said I wanted to make a change so that helped and honestly sometimes talking about it I, I've been more vocal talking about it on social media which has been pretty cool because then like my friends would then ask me about like depression like I was like hey I I've been feeling this way. I don't know. Is that depression? Like, Uh, dude, I'm not a (laughs) (laughs)
0: psychologist. You're like, I'm talking about my experience. Yeah, I mean, like, I. I think there are a lot of studies actually that men, like, men are more prone to depression, and Mm -hmm. also, or not even that they're prone to it, about the way it's handled. Like, I think, like, Mm -hmm. there's a stronger correlation with depression and like alcoholism and drug use with men, and I think that's because of the vocalization, right? Of like, women are taught to vocalize where men aren't but I do think some of it is also just you know our generation because like I'm a white woman and my family also repressed all sorts of emotions so I think yes like not trying to minimize obviously a man of color but I think it's like a definitely a generation thing that like mental health is having more of a moment now and it's therapy is like cool to go to or like a thing that you do where back in the day like I I think like a lot of cultures would never dream of going to therapy in our parents' generation.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And women, I think women still have a head start because we Mm -hmm. can put names to our feelings and men are just starting to connect the dots so they talk about like oh women are better with their emotions because they talk more it's not that we talk more is that when we talk we talk about feelings and when men talk they talk about actions women are like i felt this i feel this men are like i did this and i do this and that's where the where the catching up needs to happen with men is like you you're not putting like a name to your right. feeling. so how do you know what you're really feeling if you can't even name it
2: oh you sound like my therapist <laughs> 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 no it's it's true because like sometimes she'll ask hey like so how did this make you feel and I was like I don't know I think this and I was like oh no 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 he used the word think like what was the feeling not the
1: thoughts uh-huh, so yeah
2: so no that that is a fair point and I think it's like always and I, I do agree generations play a huge factor. Like I feel yeah. like our parents' generation, like if someone said that they were going to therapy, they'll be like, Oh, you know, so-and-so went, went to therapy. What's yeah, wrong with what's them? wrong with them? Right. Our generation's like, I went to therapy. You know? yeah. We'll <laughs> say it out loud. It's like <laughs> a gold star. I, got- <laughs> exactly. I know. I
1: had a friend just tell me the other day, she's like, after my haircut, I'm going to see my therapist. Yeah. But then I'll meet you for coffee after. It's like a thing.
0: So what about, okay, so speaking of men with depression more, what about sex drive? Because I know yeah. this is like a thing. Like, have you experienced mm-hmm. anything like this that – when you have depressive episodes it affects your sex drive or i'm not sure if you're on any sorts of medications but i know that that also is impacts sex life or sexual well-being directly
2: i've definitely heard that medication plays is like relative towards that i don't currently take medication and it's not because of that i think it's just more because i'm just always concerned on like how medication may affect my like i've I've never had to take meds more than like either like painkillers when I've like fractured my wrist or cold medicine. So like I've never had to take medication past not feeling well physically. So I'm not really confident in what having if of having to take a medication for like a year would affect me in general, mm. not just like in sexual perspective, but I think just mentally. But yeah, no, I will say like definitely when I go through depression, the last thing I'm thinking about is wanting to have sex.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's probably date or have sex. Like both of those are probably out the window.
1: Let's hold that thought for a sec. We'll get right back to it. to ViaHemp.com and use a code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use a code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag.
0: Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! <sniffs> And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent.
1: Hefty, hefty, hefty!
0: (sighs) Smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon.
1: and feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. <laughs> I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew is going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview.
0: Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Yeah, I mean, people
0: will say, though, it's like, okay, so, like, it's kind of chicken and egg. It's like, if this is something that truly, like, I think with depression, you can learn how to manage it, but it might just be something that's part of your like makeup, right? Like in general, anyone mm-hmm. struggling with depression. So what's the line of being like ready to date versus like getting your own self in order? Because yeah, I have thoughts about this, but I'd love to hear yours. Hmm.
2: Um, I think, sorry, I feel.
1: i do i think no i feel (laughs) you're such an evolved man
0: exactly all the therapy paying (laughs) off
2: (laughs) no i i definitely feel that I, i i don't know i i think that's why i didn't date a lot in my 20s or date long term in my 20s because i just didn't really get a handle of that and not saying that that's the main reason why, but like now that I think of my time in therapy, it's made it a lot easier to manage and understand and verbalize all of that to the point where it's like cool, like now one you know like once I am dating someone and I feel that that's gonna go somewhere, I can actually have that conversation honestly, I feel like that's that's probably gonna be the difficult part of the conversation <laughs> like in general, just because just finally getting more comfortable being emotionally vulnerable so i feel like that's always going to be the tricky part where cool like how much of depression do i talk about because i've had to deal with this now for like 11 years so Mm -hmm. almost 12. um so yeah so there's a lot that's happened (laughs) in 12 years and and like there's different like levels and how does it get to the point where like sometimes And I know one of the things I always talk about, like, the difficult part is when someone always repeatedly asks, are you fine? Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Even though though you're not. (laughs) But you're just saying yes. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Yep. It's like, no, are you sure? It's like, yes. It's like, positive. It's like, no, I'm not.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) as someone that was like, I mean, this is something that I definitely (laughs) dealt with. And I think, like, one of the reasons why my relationship ended up ending was that I... I feel like that he was like isolating because of depression and I Mm. wanted to be there for him, but he also didn't want to bring me down with depression or it was like a vicious cycle or it's like I need to also do this myself to get better and to work through this. But then I would feel like, you know, kind of abandoned. It was just like a cycle. So it's like, how do you kind of work through that with a partner? And I'm not expecting you to have all the answers, but would love your thoughts of like, how do you like in UA if you have background or any experience with this too, or thoughts, it's like, it is kind of a chicken and egg situation. Because it's like, on one side, you need to do your own thing to get in order. But if you keep like pushing someone away, they're going to feel neglected.
2: Um, honestly, I think it comes down to really communicating through all of that because one of the difficult parts with depression, which we mentioned, is like isolating yourself. And that's going to be difficult, especially if you live with a partner or con- continuously date someone where I think that person has to legitimately say like, hey, these are what happens with depression This is how I tend to act or what happens during this time frame, in, in my cases, I do like being by myself because of that same reasoning. But if a partner said like, hey, like, I want to be there with you, it's like, mm-hmm. cool, that's fine. But I think at that point, if they are, I just don't really expect to be like the most verbal person. So I think that's a difficult part. Like, I don't mind you being here with me. I'm probably not just going to be the most enthusiastic person to speak with.
0: Right. And I think that's where it was coming in of like, oh, I don't want to... I don't want to be in that state to be around you, but then, you know, it's like, it's a tough situation as someone on the receiving end too, because it's like, you want to be supportive of someone and you want to be there for them through their struggles. But then at the same time, it's like, if let's say we talk about this um, depression that lasts two plus weeks, like that can be a long time for someone to be kind of a part if you're in a serious relationship. I'm not fully sure of the answer because I lived through this. And I'm not sure of how to <laughs> fully handle it, but it was it was definitely a challenging thing that is beyond what you like hear about in dating.
1: I think it's just one of the, those things that you have to you have to accept that it is part of life and that it's not just phases. No, it's a part of life. And I I dated someone, a lovely person, who had depression. And he told me the way he found out about his depression was through his father, who said, you're probably going to get depression. It's in our it's in our Mm -hmm. family. It's Mm -hmm. hereditary. And I will tell you how I've coped with it. So his father passed down some really great tips for him. But one of the things that he does is he can tell when he starts developing symptoms and then he knows from when the onset of symptoms, when he sees them and feels them, it will take him about 12 days. Like he's gotten it down to a science. So at the, at the onset of symptoms, he would tell his partner, this is happening, and I will need 12 days of isolation. And he's found out through many years of trial and error that isolation works the best for him. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. But he told me his friend does something really interesting is, sure, it works with your a partner because maybe you can work out some sort of like a plan. But if you're just starting to date someone, what do you do? And his friend, um, you know, like when you come out of depression, when you're feeling good, you have all these, Mm -hmm. you have all the, all this advice for yourself for when (laughs) you were depressed, right? So his friend created a journal that wrote down everything that he wished he would have done when he was depressed, and then he made them into templated texts. So it will autofill. And it, hmm. on, on this day, I will send this text message because I am not in the mood to send it. Interesting. If, yeah. if he were to write this while he was depressed, he would not have been motivated. But he, this made it very easy. It would just autofill. Day one, I send this. Day three, I send this. And day five, I send this. And it worked very well for him because at least it was, it was genuine, it was authentic, but also it took the pressure off of him to try to keep up while right. he was in his bouts of depression.
0: Right, because I'm just thinking like 12 days in a new budding relationship, like yeah. that's like make or break time, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was tough in a serious relationship.
1: But as someone who is dating some that person who is depressed – I would much rather know what they're going through than having twelve days of absolutely absolutely. no text, no communication. I'll
0: give my ex a lot of credit there. Like he was very transparent from an early stage. And I think him saying like this has zero to do with you, like it made all the difference. Like I think. If I didn't know that, like my head would be spinning in so many different ways.
1: And then Julie, as someone dating him, you almost have to accept the fact that that's part of your relationship. That there are going to be long weeks at a time that you won't see each other.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think there's no sugarcoating it that it's it depends on where someone is in their journey. Like I think there's, like we talked about earlier, depression is a spectrum. I think how you navigate and handle depression is also a spectrum. Like if you are talking to a therapist all the time, like maybe you'll be better equipped to deal with um a romantic relationship at the same time. But I think like that's the other side of it from someone that isn't necessarily dealing with depression, dating someone with depression, it's like, there is a, like, how do you navigate that? Like, how do you go through it? Like, I definitely I admit, like, I tried to just kind of do my own thing when this was happening. And it was hard. And I, mm-hmm. I wish I didn- couldn't say that. Like, I wish I almost was like, I wish I was a stronger person that I could just be like, oh, I'm gonna do my own thing and not worry about it. But I think it did bother me that I couldn't be there and someone wasn't letting me in, even though I know like logically that is not what was happening. It's like they were dealing with their own stuff. But it was very hard for me to decouple those two things. And I mean, yeah, I guess like that's something that I think is a struggle with it. And I think though it is communication, it is how you're handling it, all that.
1: That's actually a good question for Tony, which is what is something a partner has done or said to you that has really helped you to share Mm. your experience with them
2: um I think one aspect I remember someone else where I'm not gonna lie they also went through depression (laughs) so so it's kind of weird it was like easy to talk through depression when the other person can like relate Right. now, it'd be like really shitty if we both, oh, can I curse? I yeah,
0: just curse yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, like,
2: I realize I've been listening to the podcast. Like, Oh, wait. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> like, it would be weird if we were both depressed at the same time because maybe we'd understand. and be like, cool. Well, we're both going to have our own space for 12 days. and
0: We, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um,
2: but yeah, I, I don't know. I think what's helped from like any partners is just curiosity, I think, at the end of the day and just asking questions and not as a judgment perspective, but just sort of like, I kind of want to know what I'm getting into. Like mm-hmm. I, and this wasn't a partner. those more like a friend of mine. They were like, Hey, uh, I know you like talk about depression. And I was like, Oh, I'm definitely not in the mood for that, but, uh, I've written articles about them. So you are more than welcome to read them. And <laughs> I, I know that sounded so weird at the time. It's like, I'm actually in the middle of it. I can't. But- yeah you can go to my medium and there are some (laughs) (laughs) so start a medium account no 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 but no and it was like a great point that you mentioned that sometimes writing
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
2: one of the one of my articles is a depressed letter to myself so like whenever I am going through depression I actually read it so it's just sort of like a reminder that this is only a temporary there's only like a temporary perspective even though At the moment, I'm probably thinking, oh, it'll get worse. (laughs) But it's like, no, it doesn't because you always relapse. That's a
1: great piece of advice. I think we should marinate on that for a little bit. I think we can all, even if you're not depressed, we all have our good days and our bad days. On our good days, write a letter to yourself to pump you up on your bad days on your lows like we could all use that sort of encouragement from ourselves
0: I mean I know one thing that like I did when my ex was going through something like I definitely was like oh I want to like do something again you know like I'm looking to like hang out and he was going through a situation and I basically stopped pressuring him to do stuff and I was like okay Mm -hmm. I like left him a voice message and I was like I'm going to, you know, back off right now and like you call me kind of like if you want to meet up this weekend and if not then like I totally get it and like you like you take your time and he like re- like responded back like the next day and was like that message meant so much that you just mm-hmm. kind of were like like letting me do like figure stuff out myself and not putting that pressure on I will admit, though, from my perspective, it was hard to do that. So I think that's like the balance, though, is if you are dating someone. And I mean, by all means, this is not like the whole reason our relationship ended. Like I I've, like he had so many wonderful traits. So it was like this is something like I think UA said. It's like you just know this is part of the entire package. Right. And it's like, how do you manage this? Together, I think that's what I was looking for a little more of like, can, how do we do this together? Where for him, mm-hmm. it was more like, how do I manage this myself? And I, I get it. I'm not, go- I wasn't going through it. So I also get that perspective. But yeah, I love your thoughts, Tony, of like managing it with someone or <laughs> managing
2: it on your own. I I will say that I I love the idea that you didn't like not saying that you would, but I was like you didn't like guilt him into going because I feel like that's Mm -hmm. always a difficult part with people with, you know, going through depression is that they they cancel on something and then they're just gonna be like, well you always cancel and it's like it's like, no, that's not gonna be helpful. So I mean I've probably done um, that
0: before, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> not in no, this but, instance.
2: <laughs> no, but honestly I feel like and not saying that this has been in relationships, but I will say what has helped with friendships is the friends that I've been able to vocalize my depression with, and they know that I'm currently going through that, they'll just usually just either come over and say like, hey, that, we don't have to go out because they'll know like, I don't want to go anywhere public. But, right. you know, like, come to my apartment. We'll like watch TV, eat ice cream, say like, oh, ice cream, but what flavor?
0: Who can resist what? ice cream? That's exactly. right.
2: <laughs> 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 how dare you? How dare you lure me with ice cream? What, what flavor? <laughs> so... I don't know. Just honestly, sometimes the best thing for and for me when I'm going through depression, and that would be perfect for like any partner, is just sort of just hanging out together. But honestly, not talking about it because I feel like most of the Mm. time that person isn't going to want to hang out to talk about the depression. Sometimes they just need. Sometimes they just need like an escape and just someone to be there. That I think that goes like a, a long way. Like I know, like sometimes. Uh, my friend when she knows that I'm going through depression she's like hey you know how's everything going it's okay I guess and they're like oh all right well you know I'm always here to listen or if you want to come over we can just do something and sometimes it's like small acts like that help mm-hmm. more than trying I'm not saying I like, try to get to the bottom of it because I feel like most people when they're going through depression, the last thing they're going to want to do is to talk about it. I think, honestly, talking about depression when people aren't in the middle of it is usually a lot easier. Like, for me, to talk about depression is a lot... It's it's easy when I'm not in it because it's like, oh, I'll be able to recap all of this, but like, oh, you want to talk about it during? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) I think, yeah, I definitely noticed when I said things like, I'm here if you want to talk, or like, you know, like more putting it... More it's like passive than active, right? Like if you want to do this, Mm -hmm. I'm here for you. And I think that is a really good technique.
1: And then you do mean it when you say it. But one of the biggest challenges I faced when I dated someone with depression was the unpredictability of when it would hit. Right. So I, I, I always felt a little bit let down. And why is mm. because we will have a few days of amazing days together. Like this person is so wonderful. And I feel like I'm so close to falling in love with them. And then all of a sudden they're gone because mm-hmm. they've hit that, they've hit that first symptom of depression and they've isolated. And it was so demoralizing for me because I felt like it was setting me up for failure and setting me up for disappointment. Yes. So how do we on the other end of this, <laughs> Manage these feelings because it's not—it's not the—the it's not the onus is not on the person. No, the onus is on managing my own feelings and how to deal with it all. Any ideas? <laughs> <This> <laughs> Just is- opening up now. I mean, I think the first I- thing that came to mind for me was I need a therapist yeah. to talk about me dating someone with depression. Honestly,
2: yeah, I—I'm yeah, I think that's like the difficult part because I haven't like really long term stated someone who also went through depression. I have friends who I know that they go through it. We don't really talk a lot during, like if they're going through it. I'm sort of like, hey, I'm here to listen. Like, mm-hmm. I think like that's the thing. Like, sometimes if someone wants to talk about it, it's more like, oh, this is not for this is not for feedback time. This is more for. Yeah. You know, I like nodding. It's like, mm, I like, I get it. Yes. So I, I don't know. I I think sometimes, yeah. I, I think there's always. I felt like I once saw this article <laughs> that actually like broke down how how it is for partners with depressive partners and sort of just like a guide through that. I haven't, I, I don't remember when I read it, um, but I, th- I thought like articles like that would usually be helpful, like usually coming from the partner's mm-hmm. perspective, because I think it's gonna be really hard for the, the, the depressed person to really give the, best options of, this is what you should do from this point of view, because I'm not there.
0: No, I don't think it should be on them. And I've 100% of done Google searches, just like you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> it also felt exactly the way you said it, You, I think you summed it up so well. It's like, you almost start to feel a little depressed yourself. Like it mm-hmm. kind of like triggers, le- like, again, not everyone. I think it all depends on your own thing. I think I definitely have tendencies of depression myself. So that's why for me, it triggered it. So someone else might not have that happen. I mean, I think the best thing would be one, yeah, like we said, is to get a therapist on your own and like have those conversations. But then also just like, I think What helped me was, like, you know, it's, like, one of those things, like, I had to maybe, like, repeat it in front of a mirror, like, this has nothing to do with me, you know, like, because I think it's, like, I tend, one of my fallbacks is I tend to take things personally, and Mm. this, like, exactly what you said, you ate, like, kind of sets you up to take it personally, it's like, oh, you've, we've had all these amazing times together, and then you've fallen off the face of the universe, but you have to stop and be, like, that is not actually what's happening. And it's like kind of like fact-checking yourself because like sometimes your imagination can start to wander and like come up with all these stories. So it's fact-checking. I think just, you know, finding other things to fill your time so you're not constantly thinking about what someone else is going through. Like you obviously want to be there for your partner, but if they truly don't want to talk to you in that time, like there really is nothing you can do. Like besides, you know, find something else to do. Like I remember going to the park and like reading because I'm like I need to just take my mind off of thinking about this because I'm not it's not helping anyone in that situation Mm -hmm. and then when they are there to like come back you also don't want to be like angry because then that kind of like sets it up again so it's like working through your own emotions but also I mean I think some of it too depends like if someone's actually getting help or not and that's like a Mm -hmm. big part of it like are they taking steps to manage it? Or not, because I think that is a huge
2: difference. Yeah, I think if it was if you were dating someone who had depression and wasn't actively working on it, that's probably the worst (laughs) part of it. Um, I usually know I always give book recommendations to friends because I love I in school, I minored in psychology. So I I love reading about neuroscience. So I have like a bunch of books that I've read about depression. Um, Any that come to mind? so the current one that i'm reading is called the upward spiral Mm. so the way it sort of like defines depression is like a downward spiral so the first half explains the brain aspect of like you know like oh there's like different neurotransmitters in your brain that like forces people with depression to like really take things harsher than people that don't have depression so it honestly sometimes it's always like as simple as like hey you know my brain acts completely different than yours when specific things happen. Um, I know the second half talks a lot more about which, because I haven't gotten up to that part, but he like the author sets it up where there's like specific things you can do to improve it. So like, even like with quarantine, I definitely felt sometimes a little bit, not really depressed, but just really in low moments. So like something really simple as, finding activities that would make me happier mm-hmm. and try to do that. And I know sometimes it may not always work, but sometimes, you know, small things like walking outside or going to a park. Um, the worst part for me, my biggest, not depression healer, but <laughs> what really helped was swimming. Mm. And I couldn't really do that because, gyms are closed so that it really like forced me to be more creative so I know like working out isn't always going to be my cure but like I just find anything that doesn't really force me to think a lot so sometimes watching tv and I know like usually and it's always weird because sometimes watching tv people use as a happy thing (laughs) (laughs) to do to escape but like sometimes for me I watch tv to escape the depression Mm. so it's uh it's always like small things like that i i just find tools that help
0: is that because you're like kind of in someone else's life like it's like a fantasy of somewhere else
2: yeah i'm not dealing with my own problems at the moment i mean look at me wrong so i mean but i always have to like find out what i'm watching have you guys ever heard of uh little fires everywhere oh yeah
1: no that's all. No,
2: with what with that
0: about. right? yeah
2: yeah yeah, I was watching that during, and I was like, this is not helpful. I need to watch something.
1: <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> what is it about? <laughs> it's, it's like,
2: yeah. like, this is not helpful. I feel
0: like you need, like, a comedy or like, yeah. lighthearted, not something, like, I know. dark. What,
2: yeah.
1: But what is that show about?
2: It's dark. Uh, yeah, it's, okay. yeah, it's not, like, a depressing show, but it's just really dark, and... I got through like three episodes and I'm like, no, I need something else. Uh, you're, you're like, on. I'm
1: not trying to live that life. No,
2: exactly. I'm trying to escape <laughs> that feeling right now. I'm going to watch Scrubs or something. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I think what you said, though, all of that applies to you, A, your question about what do you do as someone that's in a partnership? Mm. Because I think it's the same, right? It's like, how do you find things that make you happy? Like whether that's, you know, it doesn't have to be exercising, but it could just be like doing art or like whatever your hobbies are, like whatever that might be. I think that is a way, but I think also like you said about reading about things like that is really important for someone that is on the receiving end also because you're right like someone that's going through a depressive state is not going to want to be an educator at <laughs> that time like that's no. putting way too much on someone like that's just not fair at all so I do think if you are in a partnership especially if it's something serious like that's ki- it's kind of like I'm like thinking about it in other ways too. It's like if you're dating someone of a different religion or you're dating someone of a different like ethnicity, like you take it on yourself to learn about them. So it's like you kind of need to do that with depression or mental health as well.
1: Right. I mean, it's always a balance and we need to strike that balance in every relationship and as the partner, you need to know that you it's unrealistic to spend all your time with your person. Yep. But how do you Uh, keep being productive in your time and in your relationship. If you're physically not together, you can still move that relationship forward. I think about... Creating stuff for your partner while you're separated. Maybe it's like drawing something for them or creating a list of all the picnic items you're going to bring to the next date, you know, something that still in your mind you're moving that relationship forward even though you're not physically together.
0: Yeah. And I think it's like, again, like it's all across the spectrum how someone's dealing with it. Like I think two people could very much be in a partnership. Like if you have depression, like there's, Everyone has something going on. That's the reality is like everyone has something. No one is perfect. We all have things that we're working through. So there's that side of it is that regardless of who you're with, you're always going to have to deal with something. I think one of the other sides, though, is and I definitely remember reading an article when I was going through this and there was an article that was like, hey, like if someone's not managing it and you're like becoming depressed, like it's okay to also see this isn't the the right relationship for you. And I I think there's a little bit of a guilt that sets in from the person that's not depressed that feels like they're not supporting their partner. But at the end of the day, like, if it is something that's causing you to become depressed too, that's also something to take inventory of. It's not, you know, there's not like a yes or no answer to this. I think it's a spectrum just like everything else we discussed.
2: I think that's a fair point. I, I think that would be a concern for someone who is going through depression where if they are dating or in a relationship with someone, it's like, oh no, am I gonna (laughs) hand this over as well? But I think it does help if someone is communicating and working through it and that definitely should not happen. But yeah, I think it's sort of um, it was great when you were mentioning like the whole drawing and etc. Because I feel like I've taken like the love languages test (laughs) and like gifts is nowhere near the top but I feel (laughs) like during depression it would be if it comes across if it comes across as like hey you know I thought of you and this and that seems a lot better than hey I got this because you're sad it's like no (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) like yeah I, I think like simple things like that are sometimes acts of service like I think like one of the difficult parts with going through depression is also like then realizing you have responsibilities like I I will technically, I I know there's there's always, like, uh, assumptions, like, oh, yeah, like, so that means you don't, like, shower for two weeks. It's like, that's a dumb thing to assume. (laughs) That is not everyone. (laughs) But, like, no, I'm not gonna lie. There were times where I just didn't want to cook. And it was just, like, I I don't want to eat unhealthy because that doesn't help either. So it's just sort of It's like finding small things like that. Like, I just know that I'm definitely not going to clean the apartment in terms of like mopping or sweeping Mm. during those two weeks because of that. I would have to do dishes because that's just going to pile up. And (laughs) I was like, no, it's going to make me feel worse tomorrow. So um, yeah, it's always just like finding healthy coping mechanisms, which is always tricky because when you're in that like downward spiral, you're not really thinking about getting back up you're always like, stuck. You, you, you're going to feel stuck there. So it's, yeah, I don't know. That's why I like the simple thing where being able to not just talk to, and I feel like that's the that's been the helpful part these last two years is I haven't been using my therapist as my only outlet mm. to talk about it. Because I felt like if I did, I haven't really been helping because I can't talk to my therapist every day. So... <laughs> So in those moments where I don't have, you know, my session, like, oh, so what else can I do? Who else can I, like, reach out to? And that really does help. And yeah, I would like to think that I've, whenever I'm in my next relationship, that yes, I would like to reach out to that partner, but not make it seem like I'm reaching out to them because I want them to always fix me. It's more like, hey, I'm going through this. And I kind of need you.
0: Well, that was definitely something like my ex would wouldn't want to be a burden on me. And like I mm. would literally like be like, "No, I want you to be talking to me." Like I think that's where one of our largest disconnects was is that like I wanted that and that actually made me feel better and I was and it made him feel better ultimately. I think it was just he didn't he didn't want to put it on me. And I think just mm. like what you said too about you know, finding those people and as the supporting network too, like you need, like, I think some of the stuff you were saying earlier was really helpful to hear for people of not being like, are you okay? Are you okay? But just listening and just letting someone be heard. And I think that's like ultimately what I ended up doing too, is I'm like, I'm just going to listen to you talk and I'm not going to provide a solution because I don't have one. Right.
1: Yeah. I think this is a great way to kick off takeaways, because I think what I'm hearing from this discussion is for so long, I wanted to be my partner's therapist. Mm -hmm. And then I realized my partner has his own therapist. (laughs) (laughs) I do not need to provide that for him. I am there for him to escape When he wants to escape, and that's what I'm good at, you know. Like he comes to me for the positive vibes. He's not coming for me to for me to dissect him and tell him what's wrong with him and how to cope with it. And one of the the greatest ways we can all do this is by how we ask how someone's doing. And my friend Natalie, who Julie you know as well, has been really great about this. She's like, you know, during these times, everyone's having a hard time. I hate it when people ask, how are you doing? Because Mm. nobody's listening. You just Mm -hmm. ask it, but you're not like actually meaning how you're doing. So she rephrases the question. She'll, She'll ask, what's something you're looking forward to this week?
0: Mm, I love mm. that. I and I love, love that.
1: that. It's a positive spin. It stops you in your tracks because you're like, whoa, she just asked me a, like an actual question that she <laughs> wants an answer to. And it makes you think about what is something that you're looking forward to. It makes you a little bit more grateful for what's to come. So I think it is for all of us to think about how we ask our friends and family, our partners, how they're doing. We just rephrase it to yeah. something that's more meaningful. And it's you know, take a positive spin on it.
0: Yeah, just a comment, I guess, that was kind of a takeaway I had was, piggybacking off of that, is you really do not know what anyone is going through. So I think, like, the comment of how are you doing, like, it's kind of like interrogating in a way. If someone really isn't Mm -hmm. doing well, it's like forcing that type of conversation. So I love that. And I think it is a takeaway and a reminder for everyone that, like, when someone cancels, when someone flakes on you last minute, like you have no idea what's going on in their life, especially if you've been on zero dates with them or even if you've been on like one or two dates, like even if you've been on a bunch of dates for a month, you like someone might not be there to tell you about this fully. So I think it's just like trying not to take everything so personally. And I know that's a takeaway and feedback I need myself. So I think it's important though for everyone to really think about the other person on the receiving side too is they just might be going through something totally different than you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Tony, do you have any parting words of wisdom or or advice for anybody going through depression or someone dating someone with depression?
2: Okay, cool. So for someone spot. <laughs> okay. So for people that are going through depression, um, I probably would say like have someone to talk to Mm -hmm. and if you don't have someone to talk to i definitely always recommend writing about it because that definitely i mean that's what's helped for me Mm -hmm. like sometimes just needing an outlet like if you can't get a verbal outlet get some sort of other outlet i think like my friend he deals with his depression by drawing some do it by you know recording content so like there's always like People have like, you just sometimes just finding a muse that would help you get away okay. from that. Um, and then advice for anyone that has a partner, I guess, be open, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Just sort of, like I said, like there's so many different factors. And I think at first, no one's, I don't think anyone's ever gonna be 100% honest with their depression right away they may tell you parts of it. It's like, hey, you know, I have depression. Like that's their first step. Right. The next step is probably then going to be talking, talking about it a little bit further. And then, yeah, it's just like, I love using my favorite quote is uh, from Shrek is that <laughs> ogres are like onions.
1: It's <laughs> like every- everyone
2: has different layers. It's like people with depression, they're going to take their sweet time going through those layers. So for sure, you may only know like three of them. There There might be eight other ones that you don't know about, but it's just sort of I feel like just patience would definitely be one of them, even though I know it's tricky to be patient. But Mm -hmm. I think patience with depression goes a long way.
0: I mean, I think there's, like, anything. There is, you know, I think people that are going to therapy have so much self-awareness, and I think that, like... Is something that I love about people that are taking the steps to manage mental health so like with every that's perceived as like a per se negative there's always a flip side of the positive side so I think that's important and important to think about like the person as a whole and they're not let the depression define them as a person and then also like you know communication we talked about this a bit it's like being open, being there, but not being like nagging and expecting to solve all the problems. I think the not being someone's therapist is a really good takeaway for whether they have depression or they don't never be someone's therapist let someone <laughs> paid do that job I mean or ask for like $200 a, an exactly, hour exactly I was going to say unless they pay you for right. it and by all means exactly. please be a therapist for them <laughs> exactly
1: well thank you so much Tony for sharing your journey with us and just being such an inspiration in yes. our Facebook group every time you comment on something everyone's like what did Tony say <laughs> he always has something very insightful to say I know thank you
2: for
0: being so <laughs> open to and I know you have your own podcast. Can you tell us a little more? Because I know you've talked about this stuff a lot and you're very open oh, on that.
2: Yeah. So uh, the my podcast is called 10 Years and Counting. Uh, so it pretty much deals with my how long I've been quote unquote single. And the only reason I bring that up is because I've talked to my therapist about someone that I dated for like eight months, eight or nine months, and she was like, "Oh, that sounds like a relationship." It's like, no, no, no. I'm not changing the name of my podcast
0: now.
2: <laughs> 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 you're you're ruining my brand now. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But I, so yeah, so like during that time frame, I I thought it was just it would be fun to not go into like a psychological perspective of dating and relationships, but I just wanted to like always understand like different things. So like mental health was a big one that I wanted to talk about. Sometimes simple things of like, oh, is it really difficult staying friends with an ex? And I don't know. I just thought like just fun topics to have. So it, it was just more of a creative avenue to talk about dating and relationships with people that I know. Um, and yeah, and sometimes I've definitely want and and I also, like I said, I like psychology. So some, a lot of episodes, I always want to get into like, But why do you <laughs> think that makes you like, mm-hmm. think? so mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And I feel like that's the, I'm not saying like that's how I approach relationships or dating. I think that's just how I usually approach life where sometimes I always want to know more of the why instead of the, oh, okay, that, sure, that makes Us sense. Too. Like, no, yeah. Us I I like, too.
1: We're in
0: the yeah. same boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think breaking down the stigmas are so important. So thank you again for coming on here. Because I think mental health has definitely made a stride. We had another episode a while back called Mental Health mental health and Dating. And it was mm. with um, a founder of, like, a therapy company that was, like, a startup that was provide, providing more Kind of like affordable and accessible therapy it was called yes. reflect and mm. he made a comment like mental health is kind of like the challenge of our generation and mm-hmm. i think There's so much stigma that's come. So I think having conversations like this break it down. It lets people know, like, how do I even, like, handle relationships when it comes into play? And I think all the conversations we had today is a great starting point for anyone else that's facing this, whether it's themselves or dating a partner that's going through depression. And hopefully people have learned a lot. And thank you again for being so open.
2: Yeah, for sure. And then I will say, like, one other thing, like, uh, I'm going to steal something a friend of mine said, but think of therapy like going to – it's like going to the gym, but for your mind. Oh, totally.
1: (laughs) It totally is that. Absolutely. You're working out your mind.
2: Exactly. I mean, I think, like,
0: every – like, a commonality between a lot of our guests and, like, that have kind of found their journey to love it all comes from therapy and self-love. Like that has been like a universal theme. So I think Mm -hmm. whether you are dealing with mental health challenges or not, like taking that on is the way that you will form a healthy partnership in the end.
1: Yep. And we also recognize that everyone's mental health journey is completely different. So if you're listening to this right now and you would like to share your story Head on over to our website, datablepodcast.com, and submit your story. We love to have you as a guest on our show. The more voices we can get to talk about mental health, the the more we'll learn about how we can cope and manage and deal with it all. So the more stories, the merrier. And while you're at it, <laughs> leave us a five star review. You're already <laughs> online, right? If you're checking out websites, it's just so easy. Go to Apple Podcasts. Click that five stars, write something nice about us, or not, whatever, up to you. But we appreciate if you write something nice because of these great reviews is how we can open up the floor to awesome guests like Tony here, who can open up and talk about his journey and his experience. I can't believe I said journey like seven times. I know. (laughs) I feel like that is, we
0: should have like a drinking game every time we say Journey. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I wish we could replace journey with a different word like so cliche <laughs> jiggy jiggy or something I just just go to
2: like the the you go to a thesaurus and you say like what yeah. other words could journey, I so adventure,
1: adventure
0: escapade adventure, it's not just <laughs> us uh, so I feel like journey is like the hot word right now <laughs> it really is
1: is. (laughs) no we're gonna we're gonna make it into something else we're gonna call it escapade (laughs) Escapade. (laughs) tell us about your escapade (laughs) to mental health (laughs) anyway we're gonna wrap this up thanks again Tony for being such an awesome guest stay Stay dateable Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums are also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.